Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Workers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Shares of Netflix plunge after its first subscriber loss in a decade. The port city of Mariupol in Ukraine is in jeopardy. We'll have the very latest. And the Justice Department may appeal the public transit mask ruling if the Centers for Disease Control says so. A Connecticut state police trooper who fired seven gunshots into a car killing a man has been arrested. Plus, Shanghai continues to ease COVID rules. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshow in sports. The Mets have the best record in baseball. They swept the doubleheader from the Giants. The Yankees won in Detroit. The Rangers shut out Winnipeg. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by H.C. Wainwright. Register now for the H.C.W. Global Investment Conference, a hybrid event on May 23rd to 26th. Go to hcwevents.com. H.C.W. reserves the right and discretion to accept or reject registration or admission. And U.S. futures are lower this morning. 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down about 11 points. Dow futures down 43. NASDAQ futures down 65. 10-year Treasury up 10.30 seconds. The yield 2.89%. And the yield on the two-year is at 2.56%. Nathan. Karen, we begin this morning with the plunge in Netflix shares. They are down more than 25% following the company's disappointing earnings report. Let's get the latest. Live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. The streaming giant unexpectedly lost subscribers for the first time in a decade, and it sees another drop of 2 million users this quarter amid heavy competition. So in an effort to improve results, co-CEO Reed Hastings says Netflix will introduce a cheaper advertising-supported option for subscribers in the next couple of years. I'm a bigger fan of consumer choice. And allowing consumers who would like to have a lower price and are advertising tolerant um, get what they want makes a lot of sense. Netflix co-CEO Ray Reed Hastings says the company will also start to crack down on people sharing their passwords. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. While we are seeing the Netflix results impact other streaming services, shares of Disney are down more than 4%, while Roku is off by 6%. And one other stock of note moving this morning is IBM. Shares are up 1.5% after the company's sales topped analyst estimates. And the earnings continue to roll in, Karen, with 16 companies in the S&P 500 reporting today. They include Tesla. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. One big focus for first quarter earnings at the world's biggest electric automaker, how much the COVID-19 shutdowns at the company's Shanghai plant have impacted production there. Also of concern, the impact of the global computer chip shortage and the ongoing supply chain issues that have affected all automakers. 
But Bloomberg Consensus calls for adjusted earnings of $2.27 a share and revenues of $17.92 billion. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Tom, thank you. Well, turning to the economy, U.S. 10-year yields, or real yields, briefly turned positive this morning for the first time since March of 2020. Meanwhile, Chicago Fed President Charles Evans says interest rates will probably rise above the neutral level, but how much higher will hinge on whether inflation cools as expected probably we are going beyond neutral. I mean, that's my expectation when I see that taking out special factors, I'm still left with three to three and a half percent inflation. That's not what we want. And Chicago Fed President Charles Evans made the comments yesterday at the Economic Club of New York. Well, we may get a clearer picture behind the Fed's thinking, Karen, when its regional economic survey known as the Beige Book comes out this afternoon. Bloomberg's Michael McKee has a preview. Americans say they are discouraged by inflation, but are they pulling back on spending and investment? The Beige Book will offer Fed officials anecdotal evidence on the impact of rising prices and the outlook for the next few months. Activity has been mixed, showing some cooling in goods demand that could ease price pressures, although there's been a greater appetite for services recently. First quarter growth is forecast to slow considerably from the fourth quarter's sizzling 6.9% annual rate. It's not definitive by any means, but the Beige Book will offer some color on whether that slowdown is going to be temporary or longer lasting. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Michael, thank you. Well, we now want to update you on the latest developments in the war. The port city of Mariupol in Ukraine is on the brink. Ukrainian defenders say they are surrounded and they are appealing to world leaders for help. Bloomberg's Amy Morris reports. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky posted a video to social media. Saying that the Russian army is writing itself into world history as the most barbaric and inhumane army in the world, in part because they're blocking efforts to create humanitarian corridors, especially in Mariupol, where the commander of one Ukrainian brigade is pleading for help from other countries to evacuate civilians from the port city. Russia has given the fighters until 2 p.m. in Moscow, that's 7 a.m. Eastern, to lay down their arms and surrender. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. Turning to the pandemic, the Department of Justice says it is prepared to appeal the mask mandate ruling if necessary. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has that story. The DOJ says it will appeal if the CDC decides that the mandate should remain in place after May 3rd when the current one expires. Currently, the recommendations remain in place but not mandated under the ruling. The White House is keeping its mandate in force, and spokeswoman Jen Psaki says the administration says it is a smart thing to do. We're continuing to encourage people to wear masks uh, in public transit. They'll make that decision because it's obviously not being implemented at this moment in time, but we'll continue to abide by CDC guidance. For now, it is a personal decision. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, on Wall Street, the days of free lunch at Goldman Sachs are over, marking the end of a pandemic office perk. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The investment bank says it will transition back to paid-for-meal service for breakfast and lunch on April 25th. Goldman also says it will boost the stipend for meals out of hours to $30 from $25. Wall Street firms have been using free food as part of the push to bring employees back to their desks during a pandemic that has fueled the rise of hybrid schedules and remote work. Goldman has been one of the most aggressive financial firms in pushing for a return to the office. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Charlie. Join us later today. We'll speak live with Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan at noon Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television. This is Bloomberg. 
It's now 507 on Wall Street. We're at 42 degrees in Central Park. We're dealing with an accident on the Van Wick northbound past College Point Boulevard. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. The New Jersey Catholic Diocese of Camden has agreed to pay $87.5 million to settle claims involving clergy sex abuse with about 300 alleged victims. It's one of the largest cash settlements involving the Catholic Church in the U.S. Mark Crawford is with the state chapter of the Survivors Network of those abused by priests. I'm glad it's come to fruition. Um, I hope and believe that it will lead to some small level of closure and uh, hopefully some validation for the victims of clergy abuse within the Diocese of Camden, New Jersey. Mark Crawford with the Survivors Network says the settlement carries a unique agreement, including turning over documents. Connecticut State Police say a trooper who fired seven gunshots into a car and killed a man in 2020 after a high-speed chase has been arrested in connection with the shooting. Authorities say Trooper Brian North turned himself in to the state inspector general last evening. North fatally shot Mubarak Suleiman in January of 2020 as Suleiman sat in the driver's seat of a car in West Haven, where the chase ended and police boxed in the car. The state police union says North risked his life and is defending his actions. It looks like New York City doormen won't go on strike after all. Yesterday, a tentative deal was reached to avert a potential walkout one day ahead of the deadline. The agreement reached the union and the Realty Advisory Board. It averts what would have been the first strike of the residential building service workers in New York in 31 years. New Jersey's governor has some thoughts as the state prepares to legalize recreational pot sales. Governor Phil Murphy won't be partaking in pot, but he does have a preference. It's never been an animating thing for me. If we were legalizing scotch, I would show up with a shopping cart. Governor Murphy says recreational pot sales begin tomorrow. A Chinese health official says 4 million more people in Shanghai have been allowed to leave their homes as coronavirus quarantine rules ease. That brings to a total of almost 12 million people who have been allowed to leave their homes as China's largest city tries to contain the virus outbreaks. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. Almost 5.10 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stanshower. Good morning, Nathan. Sure, it's early, but don't look now. The Mets at 9-3 and of the best record in the Major Leagues. Doubleheader sweep of the Giants at City Field. It began with a big comeback. Mets trailed 4-1, to tied the game, and then won it in the 10th inning. The ball's two strikes on Lindor. Garcia's pitch. Swing a line drive towards center field. That's going to get down. A base hit. It rolls toward the wall in right center. Nemo scores. And Francisco Lindor comes through. Mitch win in 10. 5 for the final. WCBS to call Francisco Lindor. Rough first season in New York, but off to a hot start this year. He had two more hits in the nightcap. One by the Mets. 3-1 to one, thanks to Max Scherzer. His first Met home start. And Scherzer flirted with a no-hitter. Lost it in the sixth inning, but gave up just the one hit, struck out 10 and 17 serves are already 3-0. and In Detroit, the Garrett Cole struggles continue. The supposed Yankee ace had to be taken out in the second inning, got only five outs. He issued five walks, but 
Clark Schmidt followed Cole with three and a third scoreless relief. Six strikeouts, and the Yankees beat the Tigers 4-2. to 50th win for the Rangers, 3-0 over Winnipeg at the Garden. Ryan Strom scored twice, and Igor Sesterkin with 31 saves. The Rangers have won their last three games by a combined 11 to nothing. First time the Rangers have had three straight shutouts since the Eddie Jockerman days in 1973. NBA playoff wins from Miami, Memphis, and New Orleans. Nets and Celtics tonight. Game two in Boston. Kyrie Irving fined $50,000 for his middle finger salutes to the Celtic fans on Sunday. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, John, thanks. S&P futures down 10 points. Dow futures down 38. NASDAQ futures down 61 points. Shares of Netflix down 26%, poised to lose $40 billion in value after the subscriber miss. We'll talk about it next with Alex Webb of Bloomberg Quick Take. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine today, highs in the upper 50s, more clouds than sun tomorrow with a high near 60, will be near 70, partly sunny by Friday. Right now, clouds and 42 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower as investors weigh the impact of rising real yields on the appeal of riskier assets. And Netflix puts a damper on the earnings season outlook. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 12 points this morning. Dow futures down 47. NASDAQ futures down 65. And the 10-year Treasury is up 830 seconds. The yield 2.90 percent. Yield on the two-year 2.56 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up. 1.1% of $1.10 at $103.66 a barrel. COMEX gold down half percent or $10.30 at $19.48.70 an ounce. The euro 1.0833 against the dollar. British pound 1.3026. The yen at 128.32. And Bitcoin this morning is up half percent at $41,500. Today we're watching for a report on existing home sales at a 10 o'clock Wall Street time. Then at 2, the Federal Reserve releases its beige book. And Tesla is among companies scheduled to report her today. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Russia is pouring more troops into Ukrainian cities and towns. The fighting in the east seeks to slice the country in two in a potentially pivotal battle for control of Ukraine's industrial heartland of coal mines and factories. Winds kicked up a towering wall of flames in rural northern Arizona, tearing through two dozen structures and forcing the evacuation of more than 700 homes. In MLB, the Yankees won. The Mets swept a doubleheader against the Giants. The Nationals swept a doubleheader against the Diamondbacks. The Red Sox won. The A's beat the Orioles 2-1. The game was played before the smallest Oakland crowd in 42 years, almost 3,750 fans at the Coliseum. In the NHL, the Rangers and Bruins won. The Islanders lost in OT to the Panthers 3-2. Yeah, EGADS. Global news, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. All right, Michael. Thanks. 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. And speaking of losing fans, how about Netflix? The shares are getting pummeled once again in the pre-market after the streaming giant reported its first subscriber loss in more than a decade. Alex Webb follows this company very closely, and Alex is with us now, anchor on Bloomberg Quick Take and tech columnist 
for Bloomberg Opinion. Alex, what happened? Well, lockdowns, basically. Lockdowns ended and Netflix mm. had, well, Netflix and of course inflation. So Netflix had enjoyed massive growth during the lockdowns and perhaps optimistically there had been an expectation that at least some of that growth would continue. It didn't and they lost 200,000 subscribers. At the same time, people's household bills are getting, you know, are expanding because of Netflix and ultimately streaming video is discretionary spending. So when people are looking at their bills and they say, well, you know, what can I afford to cut? That 12 bucks a month for Netflix is something that people are getting rid of. So is that part of the reason, do you think, why we're seeing uh, declines uh, across the board for a lot of these uh, companies with uh, streaming exposure, this idea that uh, people might be cutting back because of inflation? Is that is that part of the story? Uh, absolutely. And of course, people are realizing that it may not necessarily be more economical than the cable they might have had previously. That, you know, in our household, we have an embarrassing number of streaming services I think it, by the time you take into account Netflix plus Discovery plus plus Amazon Prime plus Apple TV plus and all these other things, HBO Max, you're getting close to that 60 to to $100 a month, depending on what your cable contract looks like, quite quickly. And it is, of course, not a space that everybody can win. So what does this mean for the streaming business going forward here? What does it have to do to, A, keep subscribers and, B, just turn things around entirely? Well, one of the big problems is that, and the differences between streaming video and the classic cable contract was is churn, i.e. the number of subscribers you lose in any given month. And when you had a cable contract or you have a cable contract, it might be an 18-month, two-year contract. So you spend that money on customer acquisition up front, and then you're guaranteed, you know, perhaps $1,000 worth of revenue over the subsequent two years for the duration of the contract. Now, that is not the case with streaming video, and they're all fighting month in, month out for those subscribers. That is a high marketing cost. They have been valued as growth stocks because they are adding subscribers. Disney pivoted, really, from being a value to a growth stock because of Disney+. Plus. But when that growth starts to slow down, you have to wonder where you can find the value. Are they as valuable as an AT&T, for instance, um, when you look at the, the long duration when, of their earnings profile? Does that fight for subscribers become more difficult with the idea of opening up to advertising? We heard from Reed Hastings saying, you know, something that he'd resisted for so long, the idea of putting ads on Netflix he's open to now. Yeah, it really was a sacred cow for a long time. But if they're looking at the fact that, it, you know, customers may not want to be spending $12 a month, well, $5 a month or wherever they end up pricing an ad-supported model is clearly more affordable. And, you know, one of the reasons that in relative terms television wasn't that expensive for us to watch is because it was all subsidized by advertising, same with most media. And so uh, pivoting to like actually kind of tried and trusted model is clearly something they're willing to try. They think there are 100 million households out there sharing Netflix passport, passwords. If they can convince those guys to go to a uh, an ad-supported approach, then they clearly see some upside. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, password-sharing crackdown. How does Netflix actually get those subscribers back? Uh, is that enough to turn things around on the bottom line for them? It's a tough one. I mean, I think basically the places they need to look for growth are outside the U.S. You know, probably in the U.S., anyone who wants Netflix has got Netflix already at this stage. You need to look to other markets. That's why they're massively expanding things like Korean language content uh, because, you know, Korean soaps are huge across Asia. 
uh, if they can eat into some of those markets, and that they did add a million subscribers in Asia in the uh, in the quarter, that is possibly their best opportunity for growth in the u.s it's a question of stasis and trying to ensure they don't lose the subscribers they have and certainly we did see the popularity of squid game last year but apparently um, not enough to uh, dampen the bleeding that we saw on subscribers in that earnings report alex webb great to have you on with us this morning thanks for this alex webb bloomberg quick take anchor and tech columnist for bloomberg opinion and again checking netflix shares in the pre-market after that subscriber loss they're down Almost 26% in early trading. Right now, S&P futures are down four points. Dow futures down six. NASDAQ futures down 33 points. Just ahead, more U.S. weapons heading to Ukraine and the Biden administration punts on appealing the travel mask rule. Top stories of the morning just ahead. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Any early clouds will give way to sunshine today with a high near 60 degrees. We'll be back near 60 with more clouds than sunshine tomorrow. Partly sunny near 70 by Friday. Right now, 42 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 5.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are just about four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. And we begin with streaming giant Netflix, which is slumping after Tuesday's shocking earnings report. And shares are currently down 26%. We get the latest live from Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Netflix unexpectedly lost subscribers for the first time in a decade. And the streaming giant sees another drop of 2 million users this quarter as competition continues to heat up. So in an effort to improve results, co-CEO Reed Hastings says Netflix will introduce a cheaper advertising-supported option for subscribers in the next couple of years. He also says the company will start to crack down on people sharing their passwords. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. 16 more companies in the S&P report earnings today, including Tesla. Bloomberg Intelligence is watching how competition and global supply chain disruptions are testing the electric vehicle giant's ambitious annual delivery goals. Well, overseas, Nathan, the key Ukrainian port city of Mariupol is in jeopardy as defenders say they are outnumbered by Russia. Ukraine is appealing to world leaders for help amid Russia's offensive in the country's southern and eastern region. Democratic Congressman Ruben Gallego of Arizona tells Bloomberg's Joe Matthew the U.S. is continuing to supply Ukraine with military aid, which should help in their fight in the Donbass region. By us supplying them just and and their own artillery, as well as radars to actually counter the artillery, not to counter up to know where it's coming from. Ukraine's going to be able to, to have some level of, of evening of the playing field. And Democratic Congressman Ruben Gallego speaking with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Turning to the economy now, for the first time since March of 2020, U.S. 10-year real yields briefly turned positive this morning. It comes as Chicago Fed President Charles Evans says interest rates will probably rise above the neutral level, but it will hinge on whether inflation cools as expected. 
And in the nation's capital, Nathan, the Justice Department says it's ready to appeal a ruling by a Florida judge who struck down the Biden administration's nationwide mask mandate on planes, trains, and other public transport. The department said it will appeal if the CDC decides masks should remain in place past the current assessment period that's due to expire May 3rd. Futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down about five points and Dow futures down five. NASDAQ futures down 30. The 10-year Treasury up 12.30 seconds yield two point. 0.89% and the yield on the two-year, 2.55%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 533 on Wall Street, 42 degrees in Central Park. They've cleared the accident on the northbound Van Wick at College Point. We'll update you on the delays in traffic. First, Michael Barr's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael. Thank you very much, Nathan. It's one of the largest cash settlements involving the Catholic Church in the U.S. The Catholic Diocese of New Jersey has agreed to pay $87.5 million to settle claims involving clergy sex abuse with about 300 alleged victims. The agreement between the Diocese of Camden, which encompasses six counties in southern New Jersey on the outskirts of Philadelphia, and the plaintiffs was filed with the U.S. Bankruptcy Court in Camden. Mark Crawford, with the state chapter of the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, says this settlement also includes the diocese releasing documents detailing the alleged abuse, with allegations dating back in some instances to the 1950s. There's victims, you know, who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who have come forward. So these allegations I know, the 1950s, 60s, 70s, you know, throughout several decades. Crawford says he's glad it has come to fruition. Connecticut State Police say a trooper who fired seven gunshots into a car and killed a man in 2020 after a high-speed chase has been arrested in connection with the shooting. Authorities say trooper Brian North turned himself in to the state inspector general. A Chinese health official says four million more people in Shanghai have been allowed to leave their homes as coronavirus quarantine rules ease. That brings to almost 12 million people now who have been allowed to leave their homes. The tunnel fire is ravaging parts of the Flagstaff, Arizona area. Officials say it has consumed more than 6,000 acres. Patrice Horseman, chairman of the Board of Supervisors for Coconino County, said the fire's rapid advancement is caused by a dangerous combination of factors. The tunnel fire has been fueled by high winds and dry conditions and the county has deployed all available resources. We have requested assistance from the state of Arizona and the federal government. Patrice Horseman with Coconino County says thousands have had to flee their homes. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 535 on Wall Street time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashow. Thanks, Nathan. 19 innings of baseball played at City Field and two wins for the Mets, who are a major league best nine and three, a doubleheader sweep of the Giants. Mets won the opener five to four in 10 innings. They had trailed four to one. Francisco Lindor had the game tying and winning hits. They finished the sweep, winning three to one. Max Scherzer has been as advertised. He's already three and oh. His first Mets start at home was a near no hitter. Lost it in the sixth inning, but Scherzer gave up just the 
one hit, struck out 10 in seven innings. As for Garrett Cole, his struggles continue. Though the Yankees won in Detroit four to two, it was due to their bullpen, especially Clark Schmidt. Cole couldn't get out of the second inning. He had five walks and three starts. Cole making $36 million has yet to win. His ERA is over six. His manager is Aaron Boone. I really believe he's poised for a big year for us and uh, know he's going to, you know, carry us for a long stretch. Uh, you know, just hasn't gone his way so far, but um, I do feel like he's close. He's just got to, you know, get locked in with his rhythm and, and he'll take it from there. And though the Yanks won, the hitting woes continue. Kyle Higashioka is batting 103. Joey Gallo, who went 0 for 4 with strike at four strikeouts, is batting 121. Another shutout win for the Rangers. That's three in a row. First time since 1973 at the Garden. 31 saves for Igor Shesterkin. Rangers got their 50th win. 3 nothing over Winnipeg. NBA playoffs. Miami got 45 points from Jimmy Butler and went up 2 nothing on Atlanta. Memphis beat Minnesota. New Orleans upset Phoenix. Both series are tied at one. Nets Celtics game two tonight in Boston. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thanks, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg Zed Corey. New York City residents at more than 3,000 buildings can breathe a sigh of relief now that workers have struck a labor deal ending the possibility of a strike. More than 30,000 doormen, superintendents, and other building employees have negotiated a new contract with the Realty Advisory Board on Labor Relations. A union bidding to represent Amazon workers at a New Jersey facility has withdrawn its request. Local 713 of the International Brotherhood of Trade Unions filed a petition last week seeking to represent 200 workers at an Amazon delivery station in Bayonne. Two environmental bills are about to take effect in New Jersey, causing major changes in the way restaurants operate. A ban on plastic bags and foam containers and new regulations for takeout containers have forced restaurant owners to buy more expensive, environmentally friendly products. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Steve Potus. On 1010 Winds in New York, we're talking about a union seeking to represent Amazon workers at a New Jersey facility withdrawing the petition for a vote. I'm Courtney Dunahoe on KTRH in Houston. Marathon Petroleum snaps up oil from Ecuador on Russian sanctions. I'm John Tucker for WBDM in Chicago. I'm reporting that soybean oil futures climb to a record on global supply concerns. I'm Joan Doniger telling KYW listeners in Philadelphia about Mavis discount tires expansion. I'm Caroline Hepcom, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on new diversity targets for UK listed companies being brought in by the Financial Conduct Authority. I'm Ed Corey on WWJ in Detroit. I'm reporting car sales in Europe fell for a ninth month in a row. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. By most measures, the U.S. economy is doing well, but not when it comes to inflation. And prices will keep rising as long as the economy faces an excess of demand over supply. So what's needed are steps to boost supply. Policymakers should keep three broad approaches in mind. First, they should increase the rewards for work, especially for those with low incomes. For example, by permanently expanding the earned income tax credit. 
Second, they should fight the trend toward excessive labor market regulation, such as absurdly strict occupational licensing requirements. And third, they should reset immigration policy to welcome more workers, especially those with skills in short supply. The current bout of inflation could be addressed solely by restraining demand, but that carries a risk of recession. Expanding the country's capacity to produce should be part of the solution. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time. Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures down two points. Dow futures up one. NASDAQ futures down 20. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Highs near 60 today with clouds giving way to sunshine. We'll have more clouds than sun tomorrow with a high near 60. Up to near 70 by Friday. Right now, 42 and cloudy in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm Karen Moscow in U.S. Stock Index Futures. Little change this morning. Investors weighing the impact of rising real yields on the appeal of riskier assets and Netflix putting a damper on the earnings season outlook following its earnings release. Those shares down almost 27% this morning. S&P Futures, again, little change. Dow Futures are as well. NASDAQ Futures, you can count them in too. Little change. The DAX in Germany up 1.2%. Ten-year Treasury up 1130 seconds. Yield 2.89%. The Yield on the two-year, 2.56%. NYMEX crude oil is up three-quarters of a percent, or 78 cents, and $103.34 a barrel. COMEX gold is down half percent, or $9.30, at 1949.60 an ounce. The euro, 1.0858 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3033. The yen at 127.95. And Bitcoin this morning up seven-tenths percent at $41,580. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Darren, thank you very much. Russia is launching an offensive in Ukraine in an attempt to slice the country in two and isolate part of the Donbas region. Russian forces assaulted cities and towns along hundreds of miles and poured more troops into the country to control Ukraine's eastern industrial heartland. The Justice Department says it may appeal a judge's ruling that struck down the mask mandate on public transportation if the CDC decides that the mandate is still needed. In MLB, the Yankees won. The Mets swept a doubleheader against the Giants. The Nationals swept a doubleheader against the Diamondbacks. The Red Sox won. The A's beat the Orioles 2-1. The game was just played before the smallest Oakland crowd of just more than 3,700 fans in years. In the NHL, the Rangers and Bruins won. The Islanders lost in OT to the Panthers 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg, Nathan. Yeah, that attendance count is just mm. crazy. Thank you, Michael. It is 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We want to get more now on the disappointing first quarter results for Netflix. The shares are continuing to be punished 
finished in pre-market trading, now down more than 26%. Geetha Ranganathan is back with us now, Senior Media Analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. Geetha, good morning. I know you've been positive on Netflix in the past, but after a subscriber loss of 200000 and a projection for $2 million more, are you changing your case on Netflix? Good morning, Nathan. Yes, I think I am. Um, so, you know, uh, obviously, uh, going into the first quarter, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be a fairly light quarter. They had, you know, guided to some fairly uh, tepid uh, subscriber gains. But I think yesterday, you know, it was it, it really kind of came as a shock. I don't think anybody saw this even in their, you know, kind of wildest imagination. But there seems to be now a fundamental question about the whole Netflix investment thesis. Um, you know, there were first just some questions about whether subscriber growth was going to be linear, whether it was kind of going to be smooth or not. And I think Wall Street had kind of gotten used to the fact that it might not be smooth, it might not be linear. But I think now we're kind of, we're kind of looking at more fundamental questions about what the total addressable market itself is and whether we've kind of reached a maturation point in most markets. What do you think about what the CEO, Reed Hastings, had to say after the earnings yesterday that uh, cracking down on password sharing is something that can help turn things around, that they can move into advertising, potentially a lower priced price point for subscribers to try to get some of this attrition back? Yeah, I think those are both, Nathan, uh, you know, double-edged swords. So with, with password sharing, yes, they did mention that about 100 million households across the world, so in addition to their 220 million members, they have 100 million households who are possibly sharing Netflix accounts. But then again, you have to wonder, yes, you can start to crack down in a very phased and a very cautious way. Um, but again, is that really going to be a game changer? Is that going to move the needle in terms of subscriptions? Is that going to move the needle in terms of, Revenue, yes, it could have some effect on the margin, but again, I don't think anything is really going to uh, have a material effect on the model, at least for another one to one and a half years. Um, so yes, they, they did talk about some, uh, you know, new ways of increasing monetization, of improving engagement, of increasing the top line. But again, I think the fundamental thesis itself here is there's a big question mark on that. In terms of that fundamental thesis, does that play out for other companies with streaming services, thinking of Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Apple Plus? Are they in trouble as well? I think so. Uh, I think most of the big legacy media companies are are definitely now have to look at this. This is a cautionary tale for all of them. Uh, now, with the tech giants, I think it's a little bit different. With an Amazon Prime or with an Apple, they do have very, very deep pockets. They can go after different types of content to attract a wider subscriber base. And Wall Street's not necessarily going to punish them for being a lost leader simply because media is not, you know, their bread and butter. It's kind of more like a, a side project or a hobby. For the media companies, however, this really is where the future is. And I think what now is going to happen is it's kind of going to force media companies to take a look and see what that addressable market is. So we were talking about a billion, a billion, you know, global Internet households. We were talking about the Netflix subscription numbers going from that 200 million level to, to you know, to a 400, to a 600, to an 800 million level eventually by 2030. But now that that's that is what is really in question here. And so now when Disney looks at their model, when all these other incumbents look at their model, we'll have to see that, you know, they'll have to examine the, the model more closely. And I think now there is that ceiling on what their total market could potentially be. 
Only about a minute left here, Geetha. What about content? You know, Netflix has spent a ton on putting as many different types of shows and movies out there. Is that going to have to change? So I think one thing that we got, of course, Netflix has done a fantastic job, Nathan, in terms of, you know, originals, in terms of bringing so many different pieces of content, local content uh, to their subscribers. But I think not all of it is resonating. They did talk about, uh, you know, doing more there. Yes, they're spending $18 billion, but I think they're going to have to try and experiment in different areas. They're, have, they're going to have to do more to see that, you know, content resonates and brings in more subscriptions. Thank you. As always, Geetha Ranganathan of Bloomberg Intelligence, senior media analyst on the very disappointing quarter for Netflix. And again, the shares now down more than 26 percent. Karen. I take it you expected the court to turn this suit away because you tweeted If this lawsuit succeeds, I will post a video of myself eating every single page of the Internal Revenue Code one by one. So That is true. I felt confident in making that promise that I would not be eating a gigantic ream of paper. Why were you so confident? Well, the position of the states was that it was unconstitutional for Congress to limit the state and local tax deduction. And Congress has been limiting the deduction for quite some time now, and there was never a constitutional question. More generally, Congress can control the tax code and grant or remove deductions with quite a bit of leeway. So I just thought the position of the states was rather ridiculous. Go over what the Second Circuit ruled about some of the arguments that New York and the three states put forward. So there's two aspects of the argument that are of note. One, again, the states argued that Congress was mandated to provide this deduction. The court had little time dismissing that because they traced the history and showed various circumstances under which Congress had previously limited the deduction. Second, the states were arguing that Congress was trying to commandeer the states. That is, they were saying that the federal government was forcing them to change their tax systems. Usually in the law, we look askance if Congress tries to force a state to do something. But the courts dismissed that argument as well, saying that you can still have an income tax if you want. You can still have property taxes if you want. Just at the federal level, the deductions might be limited. The federal government is not forcing you to do anything. And would you say that the best chance the states had was at the Second Circuit, where the states sort of had a home court advantage? I don't think they had a chance in the Second Circuit or on Mars. Uh, (laughs) This wasn't – it doesn't matter, right? The Trump administration opposed it. The Biden administration opposed it. I don't think any judge would faithfully accept the argument. So why do you think they continued to sue and try to appeal it to the Supreme Court? Well, historically, the SALT deduction has been understood as something that benefits the rich over the poor. But in connection with the 2017 Act, which was highly politicized, you did have some Republican legislators describing the SALT cap as a way to hurt blue states. Given that political posture, I think perhaps they believed they could score some political points through this lawsuit. I don't think they expected to win. Andy Graywall, a professor at the University of Iowa College of Law, speaking with Bloomberg June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern Time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com. Right now, futures are little change. The DAX in Germany is higher, up 1.1%. CAC in Paris, up 1.4%. And the FTSE 1. 
100 is up half percent. The 10-year Treasury up 11.30 seconds, yield 2.89 percent, and the yield on the two-year is at 2.56 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up three-quarters of a percent, or 78 cents at $103.34 a barrel. COMEX gold is down half percent, or $9 at $1,950 an ounce. The euro, 1.0857 against the dollar. British pound, 1.3033. And the yen this morning, 128.06. Bitcoin at $41,560. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. And this is Bloomberg. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.